Welcome to Chip Chat, an interview series that connects you with technology experts around the issues that industry is focused on today. And now your host, Allison Klein. Welcome to Chip Chat. My name is Allison Klein. Today, I'm delighted to have a return guest on the program, Gotti Singer, VP of Architecture and General Manager within AIPG. Welcome to the program, Gotti. Hey, Allison. It's great to be here. So the last time you were on, we were talking about technology innovations and lessons learned in your scope of experience in the tech sector and at Intel. Today, we have another topic, which is how we've driven that tech innovation into AI. But before we get started with that, do you want to just provide a little bit of background on yourself and what you've been working on within our AI products group? So I've been um, at Intel and in the computing space for more than three decades, and I've worked on multiple compute architectures for uh, CPU, for imaging, for graphics, but none as exciting and as fast-moving as artificial intelligence, and in particular, deep learning. And I realized that in 2012 that deep learning as a compute technology is going to change the face of compute, and it's going to add such an important uh, element. So I've been driving since then technologies for acceleration of deep learning and also helped Intel in forming its strategy on how to approach AI. And what we have this year is two introductions of the Nirvana Neural Network Processors, which are two architectures, one for training and the other one for inference. And I am personally now leading the inference product group, which is the product line that drives the deployment of deep learning in real uses. Now, obviously, deep learning is something that Intel has been engaged with for a long time. We've been talking about the delivery of these neural network processors, and this is an important moment for the company in their arrival in the marketplace. Can you talk about what this represents in terms of an opportunity to accelerate and how the inference processor in particular is such an important add to our data center portfolio? Even though there was academia research and then a lot of exploration on deep learning, it is only now coming of age. Only now you can see both the large cloud service providers and many enterprises putting those technologies to work. And this is where from training, which is building models, proving that things are possible, moving to focus on inference, where you put 24-7 large volumes of compute that are very efficiently running those models on visual images, on speech, or whatever it is that they're processing. And the ratio between inference and training today is already around four to one, meaning many more inference cycles compared to training. But we see it going more towards 10 to one and beyond as the mode of work in the world is towards deploying deep learning to enrich any application. And we're going to have most of the inference continually done on Xeon. Today, almost all inference is done on Xeon. And even as inference acceleration is joining, it will continue to be a combination of inference done on Xeon together with highly integrated, highly accelerated solutions, which are coming into the market, including the exciting ones that are coming from us. Now, inference done at scale is attractive to many different types of applications, but where are we seeing the most 
acute interest in the near term from customers in terms of the application of the Nirvana and MPI? Probably the first two spaces that we see a lot of traction are image recognition in industrial environment, in medical imaging, in many areas where you can identify types of patterns in images. And the other area is in recommendation systems. A recommendation system that helps choose an action might help a service provider to place ads, uh, might be matching of products to customers. And what we see growing very quickly as a third one is natural language processing. And this is where you can translate languages in real time, you can analyze text, you can make sense of things. So NLP, natural language processing, is very uh, compelling and is growing very quickly. Now, when I first saw this product at work and demonstrated, what I was impressed with is not just the performance scale that can be achieved, but also the performance efficiency that you're delivering. Talk about that and why that was a focus. So if you look at the NNPI, the Neural Network Processor for Inference, the code name for the first one is Spring Hill. So if you look at the Spring Hill product, it is about the same face area as a U.S. quarter. So you can put the whole card with that in the palm of your hands. And this product can provide 50 trillion operations per second. And if you give it enough power, it can go up to over 90. So think about that many trillion operations per second in such a high density. And the objective for this high density is not so that you can hold it in your hand, but so that uh, you can put it either aggregated in data centers where there's a tight budget of power and power efficiency translates directly to performance. Or you can put it at the edge of the network. You can put it in an operating room, in a hospital, and many other places. So power efficiency translates directly both to total cost of ownership if we're in a data center or to a form factor that gives it flexibility to go almost everywhere outside of the data center rack. Why don't you tell me a little bit about the performance characteristics of the NMPI and how you would put that in context with the various use cases that you described in terms of targets? So we took a goal of making this the industry-leading power efficiency, which means that when you put it at different power levels, it should provide leadership in those points. And when we went in and we designed this, we optimized the uh, Spring Hill and the uh, Future Hill products for power efficiency. And we did that in several ways. First, to understand that the most important operation that was added in deep learning is the processing of tensors. Tensors are just multidimensional arrays. If you think about the information that hits your eye, uh, in a way, it's four-dimensional because it has the height, the width, uh, the depth, and the color. And many other things in this space can be described as multidimensional arrays. So the first thing is to create highly efficient tensor operation. And this is the foundation for all the acceleration out there and within our product. But then we've added highly efficient vector engines. And within Spring Hill, we have two full-fledged CPUs. So those are Ice Lake Plus CPUs that are sitting within the same die, and so that all those operations can be done very efficiently within Spring Hill. 
How did you achieve the efficiency that you're talking about in the design of the NMPI? The uh, obvious thing is to get highly efficient compute. We talked about the need to efficiently compute tensors and also all the other engines. The other thing is power management. Intel has been spending a lot of thought and effort in fine-tuning management of power on its products, on its client products and data-centric products. So technologies such as Fiverr and others are brought to bear to move the power and use it efficiently if you're doing compute, if you're doing communication or others. But the most important thing is how do you minimize data movement? Moving data to the right place takes 10x or sometimes 100x than doing some difficult arithmetic, multiply plus some filtering on that data. So minimizing data movement is crucial. And we invested a lot of area to put 75 megabytes of SRAM on DAI, which is a lot. And we also invested in how to control the movement of data. So the data is always located in the closest place to where it needs to be computed. And that allows us to provide overall, in real-life application, a world-leading performance on what. I know that we've had a a lot of deep collaborations, Gadi, to get us to this point. Tell me about why that's important and how we've worked with the software community, our customers, to ensure that as this product arrives, it can be taken advantage of right away. The only way to really stay in the lead is to work with the leaders who do the work in the application space. And this is why working very close with partners, uh, with customers, is crucial in this space. And we have very tight collaboration and development with Facebook, but we also work very closely with other customers and with members of the academia to understand how do we follow and predict the new trends, but also to understand when the paradigms are changing. So instead of just having training and inference, as I described, there are new methods like reinforcement learning and continuous learning we break those paradigms and do things in a fundamentally different way. And we are working with the customers to understand those as soon as they kind of are embryonic, they are starting. So we make sure that we have the right solutions for that. You obviously spent some time investing in software tools and libraries and working with the broader open source community to ready support for NMPI. Can you tell me how you approach that and where we stand today as the product hits the market? So we talk about hardware and architectures, but most of our investment in software because it is so critical to have uh, both the capabilities and also the optimization of the full stack from what the user does all the way down to the transistors. And we have driven our software strategy based on the customer point of view. And this was the driving principle, and the first implication of that is that we want to bring this capability to where the users are. And we are providing paths from all the deep learning frameworks, the TensorFlow, the MXNet, all of those, wherever you as a data scientist or as somebody developing application develop your software, we provide a path. Some of them we already have, some will provide over the next six months to your workplace. The second aspect is provide flexibility and consistency. And we are enabling a software path through Intel's 
one API and capabilities like OpenVINO. OpenVINO can provide a solution that can be targeted to Xeon or solutions that Intel provide like Movidius or to Hill. So by tying it with the flexibility, it allows the user to use the best assets that she has at that time. And finally, we provide the software enablement at multiple levels. At the highest level, it's very abstracted. You just work in your highly abstracted environment, and then we take care of the compiler and all the mapping. But if it's a company that has ninja programmers and so on, so if you look at how we're working with Facebook and some others, we provide them very low-level access so that they can optimize. So we provide all those so that the software is enabling the users, whoever they are, to be the most efficient and get the best results. Can you spend a couple of minutes talking about how the NMP processors sit within the broader portfolio of Xeon and also FPGA in delivering unique capabilities for AI? The um, NNPI is the best acceleration and companion to Xeon. So we have kind of two goals. One is by itself, but the other one is that it is an extension to Xeon. It is a companion to Xeon. And we need to remember that there are very few, if any, deep learning applications. We have a lot of real-life applications that are enriched with deep learning. So that when you think about real-life application, you need to think about the full solution. And the full solution does include a Xeon or other CPU in some way, or a CPU part of the workload. And then you've got acceleration that is tremendously important to do it right. So we look at it as a system solution. And the way we approach it is both from a software that can cover all the different ways in which you can execute the deep learning enriched application, as well as the hardware platform. And when you think about particular ways in which we are driving an NPI as a great companion to Xeon, think about the fact that the software allows us to run the same application, the same topology, either on Xeon or on Hill. So if you have, let's say, flexible capacity, overnight you have more Xeon, then you can run the same workload there when you have the capacity or on the accelerator when you need it. And also if you started by developing to Xeon, you can run it directly on Hill. Another example is when you have within the same application portions that need Xeon and other portions that need acceleration, you can run the application and the software just partition the work and does the work, whether it does it on Xeon or on the accelerator, where it happens best and works on the communication between uh, the two. And the last one is that because we have the IA calls on die, you can have a workload that you optimize for Xeon, including the CPU portion that can run optimized for the CPU portion as well as accelerator. So what we're offering the uh, users both the large companies as well as individuals that are developing, is really looking at this as a platform with those assets available to do their best. Thank you so much for being on the show today. It's a real pleasure every time I get to talk to you. One final question for you, Gadi. If you want to send folks to find out more about the NMPI and what we're delivering in the marketplace holistically to advance artificial intelligence, where would you send them for more information? So intel.ai is always a great source for that. Uh, you will find information on NNPI 
as well as on other products. How is Zune doing in that and NPT on other accelerators? So the URL is ai.intel.com. Fantastic. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you very much, Alison. And uh, we'll have lots coming in the coming year, so stay tuned. Visit ChipChat online at intel.com slash chipchat. And for more information on data center technologies, visit intel.com slash bigdata, intel.com slash cloud, and intel.com slash data center optimization.